guys our emotions and how we do things are set in different boxes and different drawers and we never mix them but women they connect things like a highway of spaghetti every thought and everything is intertwined Hold your station, this education is relevant. The motivation through conversation is evident. We're talking spiritual body, mind, development. This is the manhood experiment. The manhood experiment. The manhood experiment. Hey, hey, welcome to the manhood experiment. This is your boy, Big Dreams. And I'm here with none other than T-Rex and J-Dragon. I hope you guys are having a great time thus far in 2023. We're going to definitely be talking about more emotions, more real conversations, more communication. We're talking about relationships, and we're glad that you've been a part of it. Thank you all so much for being with us. So today's topic, emotions, conversations, communications, emotional conversations are real, and they're a real part of relationships. So do not be fooled. If you're going to have a real relationship with substance and two real human beings, how you communicate and navigate conversations are the difference between, say, sleeping on a couch and makeup sex. So do I have your attention? Let's get into it. Man, in this episode of The Mad Conversation, we want to give you some tools to really help you have more effective communication with people that matter the most. Whether it's family, a spouse, a significant other, there are times where emotions are running high and Having the right tools to navigate these conversations are imperative for a positive outcome. So at the end of this episode, basically what we want to do is we're going to leave you with five rules of engagement, basically to help you confidently handle difficult conversations so that you can confidently face the issues that prevent you from having real long lasting relationships. But before we do that, I got to check in with my boys, T-Rex, how you doing? J-Dragon, what's going on? Yo, yo, I'm excited for this topic. This is one of the first topics we're talking about relationships. So I'm pumped. Just a little bit what's going on in my life. I just came back from a vacation from Trinidad. I might create a separate episode on that, but a lot of you got to communication, a lot about relationships there, old relationships, healing, old stuff. So it's all relevant, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. NJ Dragon, how you been, brother? It's been good. Surviving and thriving out here on the road, currently back in my old homeland, Arizona, Scottsdale, Arizona, for some exciting things. We're out here actively opening up some some franchises of a business model we created with Ohm Fitness, you know, using hey, EMS, electrical muscle stimulation to work those muscles deeper and harder, baby. But <laughs> not too hard. <laughs> on, not that hard. Um <laughs> You know, but this is the first time I've been away from the mothership now that I got a little baby girl. So mm. some FaceTime and daily seeing little baby girl smile. But it's changed my relationship with time on a whole other level, just creating this type of urgency. You know what I mean with that. I get it, man. I get it. And it's almost like everything's important at times, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You, you just rethink everything. Like, am I being productive with my time? You know, even when it comes to <laughs> eating recovery and rest. Speaking of that, physically wise, I've been into this running thing where I started running more because I wasn't able to leave and go to the gym as much being at home mm. with the new edition. And I've been on this kick of this cold water thing. You know, online, you see everybody in these cold water tanks and cold showers. And I like to take things to the extreme. Oh, like uh, like Kevin Hart. Yeah. Like when he's yeah. in the ice water and everything. Yes. Let's talk. Yeah. Cold as ice. Ooh. 
cold as balls. Man, you're doing a lot out there. <laughs> so I got this idea and I did this session for like 15 minutes, just pushed it. I got out and my feet and my ankles were numb. And I was like, oh, I'm just going <laughs> to run to warm myself back up. And anyhow, I went for a run. I got into close to, I was like, I'm going to run for like two miles. Got into a mile and I felt this like burning sensation. And I was like, oh, that doesn't feel right. And I think I got a little strained. So my extremeness, I may have taken it too far, but I just want to give a little update on, on that. Other than that, feeling alive and good out here and uh, excited to be back with you fellas. Yeah, man. Hey, if you're just walking with a limp, just tell them, you yes. know, that's it's your strat. status right there. Yeah. <laughs> Dreams. You know, I got to catch up with you. You got one cooking in the oven that's ready to come. How's mama doing? Oh my how's, gosh. Uh, how's family life? Man, we got one more month. One more month. Um, maybe so less, maybe more. I know. Maybe I was less, just maybe there. more. You never know with these little people, man. Yeah. I just told them the other day, I was like, hey, don't come out here with no mess. You don't start nothing, it won't be nothing. We're like, I'm like Mike Laurie. <laughs> <laughs> don't start nothing, it won't be nothing. I'll put you oh, right back. <laughs> oh, man. But, T, yo, man, it's good to hear you as well, man, about these travels. My boys is out here making moves, mm-hmm. international moves, domestic moves. Everybody's for progress. That's what we love to hear, man. That's what it's all about. So let's get into this conversation, man, because we, we got a lot to unpack here. And we're talking about real relationships. And we all have a relationship that's important to us that we want to help navigate. And I'm just going to give you all my little vulnerable moment here. All right. So bear with me. So I was having a conversation with my wife and it was basically about her tolerance of just uncomfortable situations and then how she expressed her frustration in those uncomfortable situations. And my perspective was, this is unacceptable, right? And I'm just putting these gears out. This is unacceptable. And not even realizing how that's coming off, she immediately reminded me about the many times she expressed her many concerns and how I chose to only address some of them in the moment, which kind of built up her frustration over time. So now in this moment where I'm stating my response and giving her my feedback, she's on 10 already. So I responded by stating, I can't treat every concern that you bring up to my attention as immediate priority for what our family needs or else we would never get anything done. And then she responds by saying, well, I wouldn't have so many fires to put out. She's talking to me as in I wouldn't have so many fires to put out if I'd only listened to her in the first place. And I'm like, in my head, she might be kind of right, but (laughs) I didn't want to lose the battle. So this battle went on and on until it escalated into raised voices. And then we're storming out into our separate corners of the ring. And finally, the the bell rings, ding, 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 somebody's phone rings. So we're interrupted and we got to pause the conversation. Saved by the bell. So that's round one. (laughs) So we chill. We kind of rest. We see the countdown and everything. Round two, fight. So I reflect on the conversation. I'm not even thinking about the conversation anymore, but something happens. I'm reflecting on the conversation. And all of a sudden, the emotions build up and I impulsively yell across the room. You always do that. She responds, and you never listen. <laughs> always and never. Always and never. So helpful. <laughs> always and never. Give me the benefit of doubt, baby. Oh my gosh, I know y'all already know where that goes, right? So she continues to state, you know what? I know who you listen to. I'm calling your mother. Whoa, 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 whoa. You calling my mother, my mom. That's below the belt. 
Come on, we got to stop the fight. Time out. Stop the fight, please. Man, and this conversation just completely went in a direction that we never hoped for it to go to. You never want to, you know, yell and bicker and things like that and have no resolve. How many of you have been in a situation like that where the conversation is just cycling and it seems like there's no solution in sight? JT, help me out, man. Man. Is it me? (laughs) Is it just me? (laughs) Too many. And I just think about you in the moment of this, you think like, did this really escalate over something as small as like a water temperature or or like something is what we, it can start in so many different things. And it's like, wow, you really been brewing something up and taking inventory. And for mm. me, it's funny you say the always and the never things always strike me because I think I'm so obsessed with this idea that we can change and that I've been getting better. And like, I take so much pride in evolving. Mm. And so I'm always like, there's no way that the old me is the same person. Like you're looking at a whole new person. These always and nevers don't apply, even though I catch myself doing that. And when we're in those trouble states of mind, I mean, like anything goes and you're like, where's the love, baby? Where's the love? <laughs> That's very true, man. How about you, T? Yeah, I think what Jay said, that is same place with me. You think you're evolved. You think you're working on yourself. And these things with people, relationships, it sneaks up on you. and you look at yourself and think, oh, I shouldn't have been so reactive. And the good thing is you can mm. learn from these things. And that's what we're going to discuss today. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Man, we got to give you some solutions to make sure you can navigate these situations because we've all been there, you know? We've all been in moments to where we're like, dang, reflect on this. I could have handled this better, you know? And for the listeners here, you know, I mean, I was a bachelor for most of my life. I didn't get in this real long, serious relationship that turned into marriage until I was 32-ish, 33. And so I think this is really relevant for people that maybe haven't found themselves, you know, and we've been together for over five years now. So something that's really relevant, whether you are trying to develop a type of relationship, because I can look back on some of my buddies that are bachelors or people that just haven't, you know, they're looking for a relationship and it hasn't manifested into whatever they wanted. And sometimes we do have to reflect and it's like, wow, am I just... Maybe it's me instead of everybody else that I'm running into the same issues. And how can I learn to have a more harmonious relationship to really attract and fertilize and grow with that person so that we both feel like we're heard and we're not. It doesn't have to be that feeling of, wow, in order to be happy, I have to compromise and sacrifice my happiness. So true. Like there really is a healthy medium. So No, no, you're right. That's why, man, I just want to definitely provide y'all with some tools that I've learned that helped me. I've done some research on different things. I'm like, oh, there's actually a little pathway to get out of these maze of conversations where you're running into that dead end. You're using the trigger words, not knowingly, or subconsciously saying things. So let's break it down. One of the first things I want to touch on is, you ever heard of the 738-55 rule? You know, I'm always bringing some rules out. (laughs) All right. So I stumbled across this rule and not realizing like, this is heavy. So I'm just going to kind of read verbatim. The rule states that 7% of meaning is communicated through spoken word, 38% through tone of voice, and 55% through body language. So this is like the human experience of how we communicate, what's being received, what we're doing. And it was developed by this psychology professor, Albert, I'm going to butcher his name, Merabian. at the University of California, Los Angeles, uh, not too far from us, right? He basically laid out these concepts in a 1971 book called Silent Messages. 
So basically, let's break this down, though. 7%, because I want to see if y'all feel like this really has weight. 7% of meaning in conversation is communicated through spoken words. So what you are actually saying has the least impact in the conversation is what I'm getting from this, right? So this is an aha moment. Mm, big time. 38% is your tone. So it doesn't matter what you're saying. And I'm thinking about this in music as well. You ever hear like a great singer? Like no matter what they sing, it sounds good. They could be talking about a toothbrush. They could be talking about dog faces. And it just sounds good. You're like, God, dog, I never thought about dog faces before. <laughs> it doesn't matter what they're talking about. And then 55% through body language. Are you approaching the conversation with your arms folded? What is your facial expression saying? Is it a face of empathy, concern, or is it a face of like distaste and judgment? You know, what are you giving off? Because that's 50% of the pie or 55% of the pie. Yeah, and let's give some context to that. Whether you're attracting your partner or whatever it is, that's a big difference in the stance that you have. Are you showing up as somebody that is security, that is welcoming love, mm. is creating that environment? So I think that's really good to understand the nonverbal communication thing that we talk, you know, it's not about what you say, it's about how you say it, I think comes in really clear here. So true, so true. What you got, T? You got anything on that, man? Throw some mustard on it. I think that hits home because, you know, at times in, let's say we're in business or work and it requires that energy of aggression or drive mm. and that affects your body language, your tonality. But when you come home, you have to unpack all of that and just be in a lighter mood versus bringing that at the table. Mm. And you might be saying, hey, how was your day? But your energy is just still off. Um, <laughs> so true. You know, so, so having awareness of that. So I think that's a great point. Yeah, man. I would tell y'all something personally that me and my wife started to develop over time. Basically, when I transitioned home, there's an hour of don't bring any problems to solve to Devon. Because <laughs> nice. I need this hour to transition. Because like you just said, T, you just actually reminded me of this. You got all this work energy on you. You've been solving the world's problems all day, right? You've attacked it with this demeanor and this time of ugh, this husks that you need to get through that, this grit. And you can't bring that same grit when you're talking to somebody that you love, you care about, that you want to actually sympathize and empathize and be sincere with. So like that's a big point. So if that can help yeah. you listeners, maybe have an hour or have certain times to where, hey, this is not the best time to communicate that. Yeah. And say that. Let them know. Let your partner know. Let that family member know. That way you can have smoother transitions and you can have those conversations when you're more in tune, when you're more connected, when your mind's not thinking about a thousand different things, trying to transition from work. And to go back to the point of the 738-55 rule, just have awareness of what you're saying is important, but have more awareness around your tonality and your body language. And when the situation is getting offhand, like it's getting more and more aggressive, just like, how am I sound? Am I still sound cool? How is my mm -hmm. body language? Am I defensive? Am I showing aggression? So just having that awareness with that rule in mind, I think that will help a lot too. So true. So true. I like it, T. Definitely one thing that I discovered is with the body language, sometimes touch. You ever heard of the love languages or whatever? Ooh, have I? I've studied. Yeah. I got a master's degree in <laughs> love languages. <laughs> Big J in the house. <laughs> yeah, man. But like the love languages. One thing me and my wife was going over, she's, I'm not going to go too far off of this, but she was talking about how 
you don't want to necessarily give your spouse's love language because then other people can get to them. But one thing I will say is with your significant other, try to understand your love languages because that may be a way to help with that communication, whether it's touch in these conversations. Somebody may want to feel yeah. secure with a touch or a hand or hold my hand when we talk or look into my eyes. That way we can have more of a sincere connection with these high level conversations because we yeah. both had great points, but our tone was off. You know, our energy or body language could have been a huge obstacle in causing other issues. And then yeah. what we were actually saying, which is 7% of the pie, remember, was being overshadowed. That became probably like 2% of the pie at that moment because of everything else we were doing became a distraction. So let's go to uh, point number two. I hope you guys were able to kind of absorb that and do some research on it yourself. See if it applies. The 738-55% rule. Next, number two. This is possibly one of the more difficult things to do in the moment, but I call it going eight. I like acronyms. I love when words are put together. Yeah, beat on your chest real quick. I see you, Jack. <laughs> going eight. This is acknowledge, paraphrase, empathize. I call it going eight because when you do this, your spouse, your significant other, they're going to go, wow. He's going all in right now. Who is this man? Who is he? Because what happens in this is when you're acknowledging a situation, you're not deflecting. Somebody comes to us with a problem. And the first thing we want to know is, did I do it? And if I'm the cause of this problem, how can I show that I'm not? <laughs> That's the mm -hmm. first thing we want to do because it goes against who we are as individuals. We want to show that we're progressive. We want to be helpers. We want to be the men that provide want to be the men that create security, protection. And the moment we're not doing these and our spouses or significant others bring this to our attention, we're like, damn, I'm not doing my job. There's no way I'm not doing my job. I'm working hard. I know that I'm working hard. I've been doing this. I've been working hard. I'm making changes. So this could not be happening. And we rile up in that energy. Yeah. I got to come in on this because I've seen Please. how this affected a past relationship that was not successful that I had, I subscribed to this idea of just wanting to put off this idea that I'm happy all the time and you know I'm always optimistic. And I remember a girl I was dating was just like, you know, I had a long day. Sometimes I need somebody just to listen. And I always had a solution. Like, we'll just try to be more positive or just focus <laughs> on the good things, you know? And like that was the immature side of me that hadn't been through enough real grown life situations to realize that like these are part of the seasons. And I had this realization that I journaled about in my current relationship, and it's up there. Upwards of like 80 to 90% of the time, she does not need a solution. And I, I so mm. often, because that's what I do for a living is listen to people and give them ideas, is she just needs somebody to listen to. And when I could do that and take exactly what you're saying with this APE acronym, it is a, it's a game changer because then I'm so much more present and I'm not just trying to like validate my value of all this. So this is so powerful in building a healthy relationship that creates a stronger bridge. Y'all can communicate a whole lot better. Yes, sir. What you got, T? Yeah, a great way to approach this too is before the conversation when kicks in, you ask for contacts. I was going to say that. Yes, yeah. sir. <laughs> Do you want me to listen and if I have a suggestion, should I make the suggestion or just should I be in a listening mode? And mm. not only listening, but is having empathy. Someone could listen, but they don't really feel it. 
So it's being able to conjure that empathy, put yourself in that person's shoe, your spouse's shoe, your girlfriend's shoe, and try to understand how he or she is feeling. And you'll be able to have more empathy and it would help with a resolution regardless. Yes. One of the biggest things that I felt like I dealt with from both sides with my wife, when we would have conversations, she would bring something up. Like Jay said, I would immediately want to problem solve. That's my skill, right? I want to exercise it every moment of the day because I'm good at it. I can solve problems no matter where I go. Like Jay said, put me anywhere on God Green's earth. You know, I double my work. I problem solve. That's what I do. I make things better. And going ape, let me add another A to going ape because we could still say ape. It'd be A-A-P-E. Ask, like T said. Mm. Ask for that permission. Like, ask, what do you want me to do in this situation before we get into it? Do you want me to solve or do you want me to listen? Because I'm good at both. I just need to know what is needed. And let that person respond. Like, um, I just need to be heard. Okay, cool. And resist every urge, mm. men. Resist every urge in your body, in your makeup, <laughs> not to solve that problem. Oh, my gosh. It takes work the first time you try this. <laughs> this is this is powerful. Because you see so many little pieces that could be better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But resist, because we, we're better than that. We can do that. First part of growth is resistance. I know Jay's always talking about that. Build your reps, resist, and it'll come easier and more naturally to just listen. Not every problem needs a solution. Some people just need to be heard. Acknowledge what was said paraphrase it like so you're saying that in this sense when this happens it makes you feel this way you know what i can get that and then when you're empathizing here's a key point don't snatch the conversation away i'm gonna let that sink in don't take the conversation away from the person presenting the problem because it's easy when you want to empathize to say oh i was in the same situation and this is how it went And then you're talking for six or 10 minutes and this person like, was it your conversation or was it my conversation? It's all about me. (laughs) Uh, It's all about me. (laughs) But these things, they're definitely easier said than done. But with some practice, just like anything, you don't come out here just hitting jumpers from half court like Damian Lillard or Steph Curry. But if you practice a few free throws, and continue to get in that habit, you could build the skill to then, you know, move a little further out and this stuff comes more naturally. Hey listeners, this is Big Dreams. And I just wanted to take a moment to thank you all for listening to today's episode of The Manhood Experiment. Please follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Manhood Experiment. There, you'll find the latest giveaways and some very funny behind the scene moments. Now, back to the show. So point number two, go ape. And we added an A to ape. Ask, hey, do you want me to listen? Do you want me to solve? Acknowledge what's being said. Then paraphrase. You're saying this. It makes you feel like this. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Let them continue their story and empathize. One of these things I say all the time, dang. So it could be frustrating when it feels like this, right? Okay. Then keep moving. The next thing to do whenever you're in these high situations where you're going head to head and you feel like it's a conflict, respect the ring. Respect the ring. 
It's a competition, but that's how you feel in the moment. But respect the ring. You know, when somebody's speaking, say you both have good points and you do want to kind of go back and forth with the points. After you go ape, set time limitations on the discussion. And if you do have a great point that you want to add, don't be a hog. You know, don't hog all the time. Share the time. You're both sharing this space. You're both sharing this time. You're both sharing the ring. Respect the ring. Um, No name calling. Just rules that you don't want to bring in. Like, you know what? You're so immature. Or, you know what? You never grow up. Like, you know, just don't do those things. Because you're going to add a whole other piece to the puzzle. And it's so easy to do sometimes when you're like, I just wish you would do this better. Because... You're so irresponsible. Those things like that will keep this person from feeling like they're growing. And then you lose your listener. They checked out. It's a battle from that point on. It's on. It's round two. What y'all feel about that, fellas? Yeah. When you say the ring, I also think of like another example is the more you talk and bring up past issues, you're putting yourself in a maze. And it's going to be harder and harder to get out of that maze. And it's going to be frustrating that you're digging yourself a deeper hole, mm. especially if that person isn't feeling like they're listening to you. And you start adding on to that troubled mind and the issues that you have. You're lowering the mood overall compared to being this higher positive mood where it's easier to build that bridge, you know, like I was mentioning before. Yeah. So I think it's just really important to make sure that what started is like a simple disagreement doesn't turn mm-hmm. into so much more because it often can Yes, if we can't just realize that, hey, let's just solve one problem at a time and not add up a whole bunch and turn this molehill into a mountain. Yes, sir. And that's actually my point number five. You jumped oh. to it too, but oh. we'll circle back to it. But yes, when you have something going on like that, when you have a conflict, don't bring up all the problems that ever happened when trying to solve this one problem. Respect the ring. And also take a break when needed. Don't wait for the bell. Don't wait. When you see it escalating, be the man and say, you know what? This conversation not going how I feel like it should be going. It's not productive right now based on where we are. Let's take a break. And I'm going to bring the conversation back up before the end of the day. Or we'll talk about this again at nine o'clock. By bringing that point to it, It kind of diffuses your significant other from nagging you throughout the day of when you're going to bring this up. It's on my mind now. They have to kind of feel like they got to remind you or else it's not important to you. So if you set a time and say, hey, we're going to take a break. And then after lunch, we're going to go for a walk. And we'll talk about this at one o'clock today. Is that cool? You know, ask. Is that cool? And that diffuses so much because it's a different approach than maybe you used before. And it actually gives you some time to think about what just happened, regroup. If you ever see a boxing match, they're not boxing for 12 rounds straight with no breaks. The bell rings at some point. Yeah, and I also want to add, when you take a break, that means also no texting. The worst thing you can do is text or write an email during a conflict. And now you're in terrible territory with that. That never brings resolution. So I like Mm. your point of, Setting a time, okay, it's heated right now or it's going off track. Let's take a break. Let's reconnect around five o'clock later today when we're both relaxed. Then we'll continue this conversation. That does not mean going texting or finding something to stick them with, you know? So true. And you had a great point too, bringing up the past and tell them, 
remember this time you did XYZ or you find an old text message I said or mm. an old email or something that now you go back and it's like you're trying to build this narrative for your defense case. You're not a lawyer. Don't try it. This is not a court case, you know? So yes. I just wanted to throw that in to this point. No, you're right. Because what do you lose when you text? You're losing 55% of the conversation already. If you go back to point one, right? 55% mm -hmm. rule. 38% is through tone. You ain't got no tone in the text. Ain't no tone in the text. So mm -hmm. you're already losing 38, 55. We, oh my gosh. It, it doesn't even make sense right now. 93% of the conversation is gone because you decided to text how you feel. So let's go back to our respect ring, which is time limit on your conversations. Don't be a hog. Don't hog the whole conversation. You're sharing the time. Name, no name calling, like that's just going to escalate the situation and then take a break when needed. And when you're taking this break, don't text, don't interact, don't talk about the conversation at least. Talk about something else. Literally take a mental break. If not, you won't be able to get back in the conversation and move forward. So the next one here, number four, feelings and facts are different yet valid. I'm going to say it one more time. Feelings and facts are different yet valid. So how you feel about something is your truth. It doesn't mean that's necessarily what is. Everybody's always saying, hey man, there's your version, there's my version, then there's the truth, right? And I know we've all heard that before. And it's true. It's very true. Perspective is real. You can't change somebody's experience and what they've experienced over time in life. If they ran into a moment to where they were profile for this so many times and you just happen to be the person to say, hey, you know what? It looks like you're stealing. They can't say every time they go somewhere, they're going to feel like, dang, every time I go somewhere, people accuse me of this. People accuse me of that because that's their truth now. That's something they've had to deal with their whole life. So that's that empathy kind of also taking place of. And you see how these things are intertwined. It's not just one. I know as guys, we like to put things in boxes and organize it and have a section here and a section there. But when it comes to these things called feelings, this guy gave me the perfect example. He's like, guys, our emotions and how we do things are set in different boxes and different drawers, and we never mix them. But women, they connect things like a highway of spaghetti. Every thought and everything is intertwined. So you doing something over here can make them feel insecure about a larger situation over here, where to us, we're like, that has nothing to do with that. But in their perspective, how they feel and how they're built, they're intuitive beings and they're made to be this way to help us. I always come up with this acronym or this little metaphor to where we're on this journey, right? Men, we're built to be strong. We're built to be tough. We're like, hey, I got this. This is the journey. This is where we are. This is A. We're trying to get to B. All right. This is the plan. All right. Spouse. All right. Wife. All right. Significant other. She's like, cool. On this journey, as she's going, she's feeling things. She's got this emotional connection. So like, hey, you hear that? Like, I don't hear nothing because I'm a man and nothing scares me. We got this. Let's keep moving. But what she's trying to do is, in a sense, protect you from yourself. <laughs> They're built different for a reason. She's trying to protect you from yourself, trying to make this journey easier. And sometimes we're so stubborn. We're like, man, I'll just go up the hill. She's like, well, it looks like there's another path that might be easier. Well, we're going this direction already. It's easier. Lions and tigers and bears. Oh, <laughs> 
So we're like trying to get through it. And what we want to do is let them be intuitive because they're built to be intuitive and they're built to feel. And we have to kind of break this down as men to open ourselves to feelings. What do y'all think about that? Yeah, quick thing that I think too is is just having expectations with feelings as well. That can get you in trouble if you think just because my people and, and who I am, I feel this way is just a reminder. Like you said, I've had to come to the realization and it's still a process I'm working on that you have the right to feel that way. And if you do, maybe it's because of your yeah. past history or it's meaningful to you. And I think understanding that when you're having a conversation with somebody, we can't be too hard judgmental thinking like, well, I wouldn't feel like that or you should feel like that. So I think it's a good reminder mm. that where are your expectations? Because that can go both ways. Yeah. I think a good way to handle facts and feelings is I love a whiteboard and I love to, and this is just an example for a whiteboard, draw a line in the center. These are facts. These are feelings. These are my feelings. These are your feelings. These are the facts, right? Mm -hmm. If it's in the facts box, you ask yourself, is this something I am feeling or is it a fact? You have to clarify that first. And I think once you draw things out and write things out, it just helps more clarity and it just helps you put things in perspective. And then it helps both parties to find some resolution in whatever scenario you're in. So true. So true. We all have different skills. We all have different experiences. And believe it or not, we all make emotional decisions, no matter how logical we think we are. Everything that you do as a human is based on how you feel about that opportunity, how you feel about that situation. So even though as men, we try to say, no, we're very, very logical. As a human being, you're built on emotion and how you feel and heavily influences how you move, you know? So the next point that I want to bring up is attack the present problem, not each other. And I want to bring some emphasis on attack the present problem, not each other. As Jay was saying before, one of the things that y'all heard in my argument with my wife is I boiled up and I lashed out. You always do that. And then she responded, and you never listen. That was one of the biggest pieces that I was like, when you do these things, when you say always, or never. They're like perpetual things. They're perpetual engines that run in our minds. And we're like, as Jay was saying, we feel like we're growing. Well, that's how you really feel. <laughs> yeah. We feel like we're growing. We don't want to be in a situation where we're not growing, where we're not being productive, where we're not getting better. And when you say that, it's almost like a stifling feeling like, dang, I thought I was getting better. I was doing all this mm -hmm. motion and I thought I was getting closer to my goal. And you're saying that I'm no closer than I was a year ago. I'm no better than I was two years ago. And so when you say always and never, these feelings, these things are two things you do not want to do in a conversation. Yeah. You never want to use absolutes. Mm -hmm. So that is called absolutes. You never want to use that mm -hmm. in everyday mm -hmm. conversation in any way as well, too, because now you're creating that belief. It puts the fire out. Yeah. Yeah. It puts the fire out and it thinks, that, well, maybe it's no use talking. If, if that's what you are so confident about, maybe it's not worth even talking about. And you want to leave room for growth and possibility mm. in the bridges. And you also want to go back to like point number one, not just acknowledging what the person's saying, but acknowledge somebody's growth. Acknowledge that you're on this journey together and that, you know what, maybe you have to sandwich the conversation. Hey, I see you've been doing really well in this situation, but I want to help you by saying that. 
I think you could improve over here. And then I want to encourage you by saying, I think you should continue doing this over here. How does that sound? Then ask for feedback. And that's one method for me. What are you going to say, Jay? I was going to say, you know, a thought that comes to my mind that has helped us in our relationship. And this really becomes more clear when we talk about not attacking one another. And the problem is reminding ourselves that we're on the same team. And I think that if you think about sports, if you basketball, and it's like, if you blame your point guard because he brought it up and didn't do something right, how is that helping instead of being solution-oriented? Like the whole team's going to lose. Mm. It's not about one person winning. It's about making sure that one doesn't feel like they're lost. Because over time, that will separate you more and more. And I think that can be a cue. Like, wait, me attacking this person for something they did, is that really helping the team? Mm. Or can I take responsibility for what I'm doing in the team and try to lead by example? But I thought that team analogy really can help a lot. That If one person's losing, the team's losing. You're not going to win if you tried to win an argument or whatever the case. I just wanted to put that there. Yeah. It's true. It goes back to a, a previous point you brought up as well. It kind of brings the morale down mm-hmm. of the team. You know, everybody's played on the team. Well, I'm not saying everybody. See, I'm doing it right now. That's an absolute. So if you played on the team before, and for me, my personal situation, I was playing on this team, and it was just a, a little league, like a, a gym league that I joined. And we had a player on the team who just seemed to consistently be negative, no matter if we won if we were winning or if we lost. And we would have this great win. And then after the win, after the game, he would just start picking out the different things that every individual done. And one day I just lashed out. I was like, man, why are you always getting on everybody else? You had 10 turnovers today. You had two air balls and you missed two layups. I kept stats on him in that game because I was so mad. I was so heated that he did this. What seemed to be every game that I played with him. <laughs> and I just lashed out and it was not productive. But the next game, I did see a difference in his attitude. <laughs> not saying to lash out at people. You know, we're talking sports versus communication, but... Just keep stats on them. <laughs> just keep stats, right. It just boils up and that's not what you want to do. Yeah. You don't want to live in the past. You want to have this person in a place to where they feel like we can grow and you're growing together. It's team mm-hmm. ball. You don't want to be the person to bring the moral down of the team. So if you're bringing encouraging solutions and advice and encouraging presence and body language, you could greatly impact the outcome of the conversation because you're already having an optimistic ideal of what the outcome Mm -hmm. can be. That's another piece to this. That could be something else. But having a mindset going in the conversation that we will have a positive outcome could also help. But that's not one of the points I'm bringing up, but... It was there. (laughs) So attack the present problem, not each other. Another piece of this is don't bring up the past. Stay in the present moment. When you bring up the past, now you got to go solve, not just C, but you got to go to A and B, everything that was before that, where it's going to create a maze, like we said earlier, of problems that you won't be able to solve everything in one day, which is why you want to stick with one thing that you can solve, attack that present problem, and remember that is team ball. How y'all feel about that? Try to keep it simple as possible. Simple as pie. Good stuff? Good stuff? Sounds good. All right, y'all. Well, I'm not going to hold y'all too long. This is the result of today's manhood experiment, and I'm going to give you the experiment of the day. I want you to take these five points in your next conversation with your spouse or your significant other, or if there's a conversation that you had before and it still needs to be resolved. Pick a time 
that's comfortable for you and that person to speak. Set a dedicated time that way you don't have any interruptions and try to use these five points. Point number one, like we said, you want to check in on the 738-55 rule. How's your body language? How's your tone? Is it sincere? Is it genuine? You want to acknowledge? Go eight. This would change the game. That person would be looking like, who is this person? I like them. Go eight. Ask, acknowledge, paraphrase, empathize. Two, respect the ring. You go into it. Just don't break the rules. No name calling. Remember that we all have perspectives that have created who we are. Your feelings are true, just like that person's feelings are true to them. So let's find out what the facts are and let's solve that. Last thing is attack the present problem, not each other. It's team ball. What you got, Jay? Oh, it's a good one. I just want to say, as you go back to that first one, the, the 755, <laughs> 38, yeah, yeah. that just <laughs> another thing that brought up to me was it's not just tone, which obviously is really important in the body language, but I can think about how mm. if I don't feel like I'm being heard, I might cross my arms and sit across. And my wife always just says, like, you know what you need to do to diffuse me is just come over and be present, put your hand on me, hug mm. me, hold me. And when I'm out of that situation right now, it's like I can look at it and be like, gosh, that's such an easy thing to do. But I get this defensive type of feeling. And I think we have to ask ourselves, are we being defensive because we feel like we're not being heard and so on. But this is profound. I think, I mean, this is a game changer for enhancing the quality of our lives. So I love this. I'm thankful that I got to be a part of this conversation. And I know it was helpful for listeners out here. Man, it's always helpful to have a guide, you know, have something going in the conversation. Go ahead, T. And I think just using the tools, just it's always about not being reactive. It's about being present, mm. not being reactive. Remember the tools put into practice, even when it's not difficult situations, like put the tools into practice. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to wait to a difficult situation to, okay, what did dreams say about this? So the more you <laughs> practice it, the more easy it comes. And when difficult situations comes, it's much easier. You have the awareness, you have that built-in mechanism to help resolve. Yes, sir. It don't got to be a fire every time. Try to get it when it's small. When you see smoke, knock it out then. Try the conversation then. Don't get frustrated if it doesn't necessarily work the first time. Everything that anybody's ever accomplished that was good takes practice. Please have that in mind. Don't just throw it out the window because you didn't get it right the first time. It's practice, mm -hmm. fellas. We got to do it. We implement it. You got this. You got this. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to leave y'all with that one. I hope y'all enjoyed the episode. We're going to keep the relationship topics coming. Let us know what y'all want to hear. We love y'all. Love yourself. Take care of yourself. Till next time, this is The Manhood Experiment. We'll see y'all next episode. All right, y'all. Boom. Hey, what's up? This is Big Dreams. Thank you for checking out today's episode of The Manhood Experiment. If you like today's episode, please subscribe and give us five stars. Not only does your feedback matter, but it helps us to connect with others just like you that find value in our weekly episodes. So subscribe, share, and speak with your friends and family about today's episode. And most importantly, take care of yourself, keep growing, and join us again on the next episode of The Manhood Experiment. <laughs>